man. I'm super excited. Um, I couldn't sleep last night. I dreamt about Vince McMahon. It was weird. He had like <laughs> on a, a a wife beater, and he was like, right, damn it. <laughs> so give us the intro, man. All right. <clears throat> well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, and all of the congregants of the squared circle, welcome to the Preachers and Pinfalls podcast. So Let's kick it off. Dez, is there anything we need to talk about that happened outside of the ring? Um, yeah, there's a lot, actually. So would the Raw reunion be something? And I'm going to – I don't know if you made an out. I did. I, I made it on the airplane at about 1 o'clock this morning. Look at that now. Is that on there? Yeah. Just okay. scroll, scroll all the way down to the bottom of your Google Doc. Okay, okay. With that, um, so but yeah, I did. Put, I put the Raw with Union Snubs on there. There's not really anything outside of the ring that um, that's really worth talking about. Chris Jericho did an interview, um, not bad mouthing WWE, just kind of saying that AEW is not a version of WWE. They're not really good. saying that they're not. Saying that. Because somebody brought up the question about CM Punk. Well, CM Punk, this I guess this is. This is very good outside news. So, yeah. Starcade 2 is going to be in Chicago the same weekend as All Out. Um, so, the speculation is, the speculation for many months has been, will, C, will CM Punk sign with AEW? It's very known fact that Vince McMahon pushed a very hefty contract in front of CM Punk to convince him to sign um, to back to WWE. Um, CM Punk denied it. So the thought was he denied it because he's going to go over to AEW. The stars are lining up. He's going to be a Starcade. And he's going to be, he's going to premiere at uh, All Out in Chicago, Illinois. That may not be the case. He, he's just going to be a Starcade. So somebody asked Chris Jericho, do you think, do, does AEW need CM Punk? And he said, no, we don't need him. Would it be a great pop? Definitely. But People are saying CM Punk's done completely with wrestling. If you look back at the court documents with his legal battle he just went through, he's sick of professional wrestling. Or is he just sick of WWE? And I'm one to believe that he's sick of the latter. And he just may pop up at all. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I still think that he loves professional wrestling. I just think he hated doing it with WWE. But those, those, that's the outside news. What are your thoughts on that? And that's really all that I have. Well, the only thing the only thing I'm gonna say is um, I remember before he retired. So I'm a White Sox fan, right? Yeah. So I, I remember uh, White Sox getting King Griffey Jr. I was like, oh my gosh, King Griffey is like my all-time favorite baseball player. My man, the Sox got King Griffey Jr. Man, that's so awesome. Then I realized something. Like, wait a minute, but he old. Sam Punk's old. How old he's is he? old? He's forty. He's yeah, he forty. He's forty. He's old. Yeah, he and I agree, with Jericho. They don't need CM Punk because the one thing that you don't want to do is you don't want to set your you don't want to set your territory on fire quick, and then six months later you don't have anything. Yeah. And we're seeing. And listen, you also don't want to get guys. That you sign them, they step in the ring, they cut a promo, and then every promo is why WWE is the worst, or why why Vince McMahon's up, or you know why I end up leaving WWE. Because here's the truth: CM Punk can say what he wants, and a lot of things CM Punk turned me off in a lot of ways when I listened to his podcast with Cole Cabana after he left WWE. Infamous, uh, uh, can I tell you how excited I was to hear their podcast when they first came out? When it first aired, if, if we had been friends then, we would have had a listening party for that. Here's the thing about that podcast, and I put his podcast, uh, the first interview Cody Rhodes did, um, with Jericho, the, the, the interview Moxley did, uh, with Jericho after leaving WWE, pretty much every any of you I've ever heard post-WWE from any ex-WWE guy, they're pretty much all the same. 
And it's everything that we know. And that is, Vince is the be-all, end-all. Their, their creative definitely needs some realignment. And Vince, if he sees you a certain way, he sees you a certain, he way. Sees you a certain way. And you might not be able to break past that. So... So so yeah, I don't I don't know well, if I don't know I don't, I don't know if he needs I don't know I don't think they I don't think they need CM Punk like to me, well, well, let me let me say this real quick like although I love CM Punk, um, he's probably in the past ten years one of my favorite perfor- performers in ring, and as a character you know Nicholas Pipe Bomb. But to be honest, man, I lost a lot of respect for CM Punk when um, Colt Cabana took him to court like over money owed over the well for those that don't know the agreement was that coco banner and sam punk were both going to sue wwe coco banner didn't have the money um sam punk said you know you put the money up i'll pay you back he didn't pay him back and so coco banner took him to court and i and, and i looked at that and even afterwards the way sam punk treated the situation or treated a former friend i was like man you're a dog you know what i'm saying like i kind of that's like you and me saying we're going to sue this former school that we used to Hey, Dante, Dante, I ain't, Dante says this, I ain't got the money to really take this all the way to court. I got you, okay? So when, the, when the court case is over, Dante, just pay me back the money. Um, cool, Dante says, F that noise. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to retract on that and leave you out there to dry. Like, we're friends. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, mean, oh, that, he, oh, I really take that as a bad judge of character. He done a whole bunch of guys. He done a whole bunch of guys. So, um, I put Raw Reunion snubs. I don't even really care. Uh, the the only I think the only reason I put on it because I was reading, uh, I think I I think I was reading Wrestle Zone, and the only reason uh, this Raw reunion is happening is because according to according to the article, uh, it was like the least of USA's horrible ideas to up the ratings. So yeah. I mean, because everybody else was snub, you know, so that's not a big deal. Um, what do you think about Cena taking time off? About Cena? Huh? Who did you say, Cena? No, Finn. Finn Balor. Oh, so Finn. oh, okay. So I've got a couple thoughts about that. One of the best, um, I was watching um, a YouTube show last night, and they were just kind of going through the best matches in WWE 2019 so far. The year's not over, but halfway through the year, you know, so far. And... Um, one of those matches was the Money in the Bank match with Finn, with Randy, all those other guys. I think you and I watched it. Uh, was it at WrestleMania? What what pay per view was that at? The the ladder match. Yeah. Was that the IC? Was it Money? Was it Money in the Bank? <laughs> I think it was Money in the Bank ladder match with um, like some really really top performers, and Finn Balor took a beating to the ladder. Right? There was one spot where Finn hit the hit the hit the, hit the ladder. Bounced up and came back down on the uh-huh. ladder. Yes, yes. So he took a beating. Even after that, after that, I noticed they gave him the IC title, and you didn't really see Finn doing a whole lot. <laughs> I think they gave his body a break. But throughout the whole course of the past what three years, Finn really hasn't taken a break, and he's a little guy that WWE and we know how WWE treats little guys. They will bully them, as in physically. I mean, just kind of send their bodies through. Um, a lot of bumps. I think he needs it. I think he needs it, and I think that he needs it because he's too tired physically. I think he needs it, but I think yeah. his character needs it too. I think yeah. that maybe if he takes the route of a Bray Wyatt, you go off not as long as Bray. You know, Bray has some other extenuating circumstances, injury, had a kid, but I think that if Finn is off, I wouldn't be upset to see Finn gone for maybe four to six months. I think you come back closer to the Rumble. Um, you come out, come out as an entrant. You know, you you don't have to do the demon, but I say maybe come back as a heel. Um, you know, let let AJ Styles do what he's gonna do with the Bullet Club for now. Um, and let's see what what can happen when when, when Ballard comes back. I would like to see him come back closer to Rumble, man. That's just as a heel and as a fresh character, you know, and and just really let us let us miss Finn. Finn Finn's one of those characters like a Dolph or you know. If you keep them around too much, they lose their, their 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 flavor. You know what I'm saying? Like they're so good. If you keep them on TV too much or keep them around too long, it's kind of like Brock. I don't think Brock is that bad of a wrestler. 
I think the cool thing about Brock is that he has this mystique about him. And every now and then he pops up. You never know what he's going to do. I think that you need to treat certain people not like that, just like Brock, but kind of like, okay, I don't want to see you wrestle every night on TV. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Every, every, like, let's let's keep the mystique about you being such a cool character. Uh, let's keep that valid. So, yeah, that's, that's what I think. Well, you know, um, you disagree. With I, I I just want him to. <laughs> I want I want him to come back and, and join join WWE's version of the Bullet Club. I mean, I I, I, I would love to see him. Uh, I would I would love to see him kind of rehash pieces of, of that of like the heel rock and roller Finn Balor character from Japan. That's just me. Um, but I agree, Finn. He doesn't. He doesn't need the demon. No, he doesn't. I, I, I see Vince. I see Vince right now talking about why do you want to paint his face, pal? Look at him. He's handsome. Yeah, he's Irish. He's a McMahon. No, I. Um, He's I'm, my son. <laughs> he comes back with the son. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. It wasn't Hornswoggle who was my son. It was really Finn Balor. No, wasn't it? Yeah. No, remember? Did you hear though? I'm sorry to, to divert, but before Kennedy, um, um, Mr. Kennedy, off, he was supposed to be Vince McMahon's. He son. was supposed and, to be Vince's son. I and, remember. That and you they were going to give him a really big push. But then he ended up, and then he hurt. He hurt the golden child. He hurt. He hurt, he hurt the man crush. Yeah, he did. You don't. You don't. You don't. You don't hurt Randy Orton. You don't and, hurt. Uh, and I not think it was more than once, though, right? Wasn't it like twice? He hurt him. Um, I, he hurt Randy. I think he hurt somebody else. He, uh, yeah, Ken was a little sloppy in the ring. To say stiff, the stiff man, stiff. So now he is sloppy. It's the difference between stiff and sloppy. Okay. So, because because you, you watch you watch some Stone Cold matches, he was quite stiff. He got his stuff in, but he wasn't sloppy. Okay, I didn't uh, take off your point, man. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, no, I just I don't know. I I, I like Finn. Um, I kind of got introduced to Finn when I first started watching New Japan again. Yeah. I don't want to be the guy who oh oh look at this, they got they got AJ Styles and they got Gallows and Anderson back. They're doing the, the 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 club thing again. So let me just fantasy book everybody I want to see in the club. I don't want to be that guy. Um, you know, and it, there's a whole booking continuum of Bullet Club leaders in WWE, all the way down to Adam Cole. Uh, but but and and then and then Finn is the founding member. Finn Gallows and Anderson are three of the four founding members of the Bullet Club. So. It only makes sense. They, I think they, I don't know how they see Finn. Mm, that's the question. How do and that's, they see that, I guess that's my, that's my big question. I don't know. I don't really know. But let's move on to a couple of things, and then we can talk about these uh, pay-per-view events, um, and then we can get out of here. So uh, i give you another one. I guess this kind of hits the border of outside of the ring. So apparently, uh, the microphone rants of one Kevin Owens, uh, he's unscripted. Um, according to, I, I believe this is Russell's own as well, Kevin Owens has merely been given bullet points. That's it. This is where we want you to go. And they're letting him take the reins. And you, know why, like, you know why I think that is? Because he's completely awesome on the microphone. Uh, not not just that he is, but I really think <coughs> I really think they're trying to create him into a Stone Cold Steve Austin for this generation. I think that WWE is aggressively, vehemently trying to repackage and recreate old stars into this new generation. Man, I, you know, listen, listen, listen. I never would have guessed it. I'm joking because he uses the stunner. Um, and I'm not mad about it. Listen, I've been watching wrestling for a really long time. Yeah. So it, it, this is this is nothing new under not, the sun. I mean, you, you know what made me really realize it? This whole angle with him and Shane McMahon. And Shane, yeah. I said, oh, I see what they're doing. Like that. It was a moment when Kevin wasn't supposed to be. It was on SmackDown, I think, last week or, or this week. Owens yeah. wasn't supposed to be in the arena. He appears. 
he's behind Shane. He gives him a stunner. Then he rolls out the ring. I'm like, oh, this is they're, they're making Vince McMahon and Stone Cold. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, you hinted at it before, but now it's over. Like, right. So, so here's my question to you. You can freestyle this. Okay. I'm not. I'm not so much worried about KO, kind of being a Stone Cold for for the sake of having a meta conversation about pro wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. Kevin Owens works on so many levels. Like Steve Austin didn't necessarily look like every man. I mean, Stone Cold had a decent physique. He's he's about six foot three and. 250. He obviously uh, knew his way around the gym. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't, you know, ravishing Rick Rule, Ultimate Warrior. But what made him so believable as an everyman fighting against authority is number one, his, his Texas accent, and number two, the things that he said. But with, with KL, I'm not worried about that because he looks like every man. I mean, Kevin Owens isn't very tall, and he has to wear a shirt because he doesn't have muscles. Um, and he's got, like, the, the uh, Alaskan Bushman beard going on. And he's a great talker. Um, so I'm not worried about that. My question is, can Shane be Mr. McMahon? I think I, here, here's what I think made Mr. McMahon Mr. McMahon. Um, Gerald Briscoe and Pat Patterson. I think that he had the right people around him that really made it believable. Because Vince strutting down the ramp is Vince saying, you're fired. It's, 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 it's literally him. But what made the character so grandiose and what made you want to tune in was to see him surrounded by the corporation before it got larger, before The Rock, before Austin got in it, before Hunter got in it. I mean, Pat Patterson, Joe Briscoe, and Vince McMahon. Those, that, 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 I think that's what made Vince McMahon. So if, to answer a question, I think Shane needs the right stooges around him. Not Drew McIntyre and Elias. No. It, you need something almost like the Singh brothers. Almost like them. That they aren't intimidating your body, but they're intimidating as if as because they're mischievous. And you know that they run the company along with Shane like that. I think that's what he needs. I think that's the missing piece. I think, okay. Shane, I think Shane can be an excellent antagonist. He can be an excellent version, an iteration of Vince McMahon. I don't want you to be just like Vince was. Okay, so, 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 so let, me, let me tell you why you're wrong. Okay. That's going to be on a t-shirt, by the way. Let me tell you why you're wrong. I feel, I feel like that should be like our first preachers and pitfalls Um Because, so it was always hinted that Vince owned the company. But Vince was the announcer. And then when Brett screwed Brett, that's when Mr. McMahon was born. And he's the owner and he controls all this these pieces. See, I think the difference between Mr. McMahon, Vince, Shane, Shane's the best in the world. And I was listening, I was listening to David Shoemaker and, and for, I, right off the top of my head, I don't remember who the guest he had on, but he hates this whole idea that Shane's better than any other wrestler. And I'm, and I'm listening to him like, but he's missing the point. See, Shane his Mr. McMahon version is, this is my dad's company. I can do whatever I want, including go to Saudi Arabia and take a big, dumb gold trophy and tell everybody I'm the best in the world. And I can challenge Roman Reigns and say that I'm better because I got the, I have my, I have my, not necessarily my stooges, but more my patsies. Um, I, I guess I'm I'm irritated at the fact that it's Drew, not even Elias. I am too. Elias, I am too. Elias can play that role. I just God, I don't. I, and, I won't. I won't. I won't agree with that. So, so the the one thing they have to figure out is, uh, and and maybe the one thing that that kind of hurts this whole 
Shane new corporation adjacent sort of thing is that Shane wants to be in the ring. And that's only because like Drew and I, and you know how I feel about Drew McIntyre. Mm-hmm. Look at him, he's huge. But Drew doesn't necessarily the, the issue with with Drew and with Elias and with the revival is <clears throat> they can't keep their own heat. Because everything they're doing, they're doing for Shane. So, so either Shane needs to find um, lesser guys mm-hmm. to kind of be his. Not, not 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 stooges. Not like guy guy stooges. I, I, agree, I agree. I agree. But but maybe oh. like you know, like you instead know. of Drew McIntyre, he goes and he tells Apollo Cruz, "Hey." You want to be on TV more? Yeah. It's what you have to do. Look, I, think you know. got, I think you've got good examples of that. Let's, let's, let's look at um, the legacy. When Randy Orton got Cody and Ted DiBiase, like, they weren't big names. And it worked perfectly. Yeah. Uh, like, you, you need that echelon of So, but, but I think, but I think what, I, what I'm saying is because they, Shane, Shane, doesn't, Shane doesn't need guys that may be able to steal his heat. And like I've I've heard a lot of people online and in podcasts talk about why isn't Drew McIntyre connected? He's not. He hasn't gone that extra step. Not because he isn't fantastic in the ring. I mean, uh, other than that freaking you know S and M leather, I don't even know what that is he wears to the ring. Um, but he's too big. He needs to put on some more clothes. Um, you know, his in ring work, his microphone stuff has been fantastic. In my opinion, since he's come back, he's kind of he's found himself, but he needs to be in a position where he can keep his own heat. Because like when he goes to the ring and beats the crap out of Roman Reigns and it's believable because he is as big as Roman Reigns and everybody's booing and then here comes Shane. Well, now now Drew can't keep his heat. Now, I think they're in too deep. They can't change guys. No, they're in too deep. Yeah, they're, they're in this thing too deep. Uh, but I think it might work better if Shane starts to back off the in-ring stuff just a little bit um, and kind of – and you can turn it. If, if they can turn it to him being like, yeah, um, you know, now I'm I'm the boss's son, and since I've proven to all of you that I'm the best in the world in the ring, now I'm just going to manipulate people and play with your lives. So, uh, but I, I like it. Um, I you know I got to be honest. I didn't know. I did not think Shane could pull off being a heel this well. He ain't Stephanie. Because I I, I I look I fight you. I tell anybody Stephanie get Vince's on screen jeans. That woman is great. Yeah, she, is. She, she is every bit as good as Vince as, as a heel. Um, so let's let's get to these pay-per-views. And I don't know how many of them you watched or how much of any that you watched. Um mm, not, not a lot. Okay. I, so, I've been I've been let me let me confess something. I've been very disengaged with the product for the past couple of months. The past two months. And it's just been really stale. It's been really, and it has nothing to do with AEW. It's not like I've been on the AEW binge. Just the product of WWE has been very stale lately. And I think last week was me the first time really sitting down and watching the product. So I wanted to confess that to the people. Okay, so as a preacher, well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why you're wrong, Ian. <laughs> uh, and and I'll, I'll admit, um, I I still have about. Maybe about forty-five minutes of Extreme Rules left to watch, um, but I want to run down what I watched so far. Okay. And, and so, so let me start off by saying why you're wrong. Extreme Rules, what I watched so far was was really good. Here's the problem: I went back a few months ago, went on the network. And I went and I watched ECW's, original ECW's, very first pay-per-view. And 
what WWE needs to do, unless they're going to, when they move to Fox, I don't know if they're going to go from PG to 14. I don't know if that's going to happen. But if that happens, uh, then they can keep the name Extreme Rules. But if, if it's not going to happen, they need to rebrand that pay-per-view because it's not Extreme Rules. It's like Extreme Stipulations. And that's not the same thing. Um, because, so I'll give you an example. So TNA, one of my favorite TNA pay-per-views from back in the day was Lockdown. Lock, uh, TNA Lockdown, every match was a steel cage match. It, it, was a little, it was a little weird at first to get used to, but you knew the theme of that night was people were going to get beat up in cages. And it was, they booked it well enough basically just because they booked it to where the heels got beat up in those matches. So I would say maybe the only negative uh, the only negative was the only negative to lockdown was like every match was almost the same because cage matches are designed for the heel to get beat up, which is why the whole Dolph asking for Kofi in a cage was stupid. But um, Extreme Rules was really good. I'll tell you, that tag match, first of all, I was surprised that 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 Roman and Undertaker opened the show um, against Drew and Shane. That match was fantastic. I don't know who produced it. I don't know who helped put that match together. But somebody backstage was like, hey, this is what we're going to do. Taker, you're a legend. Everybody's here to see you. You're going to work the curtain. You're going to get the crowd warm. You're going to play the hits. You're going to take You're going to take two high spots. Roman's going to make the big monster to the man come back, and we're going home. It was that match was as well put together as any, and like everybody was outstanding. Shane was outstanding. Roman was outstanding. Drew was outstanding. Taker was outstanding. And Maybe I'm maybe I'm so got over the match because of the Goldberg Taker match from Saudi. Maybe that's what it is. But the truth is, the way they use the Undertaker, that is, I don't. There's not a better use for him than that. And here's why: he can't go forty minutes anymore. He can't. He can't but go four same, minutes. But at the same, but at the same time. Like, people still want to see The Undertaker. Like, listen, one, one of my favorite quotes from Telly Blanchard is from Telly Blanchard. He, he said on the Rick Flair Four Horsemen DVD, he said, it, it doesn't matter how much, the, how much they love you. If, you're not, if, if you don't draw, if people don't want to see you, you're not in the main event. And thing is, people still, like, I, I still love The Undertaker entrance. I still love seeing him. But you have to use him in a way that is effective. And this was a great, this was a very effective use of him. I mean, what which, what, what was even, what made it so crazy is Roman was the hot tag, not the undertaker. Mm. So, 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 so you, you use Roman for the hot tag. He's, he's the, he's the young, younger, anyway, kind of upstart guy. I thought, I thought they used him. They used him masterfully in that match. Uh if 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 anything, watch Alistair Black and Cesaro, man. Yeah, listen. okay. So I, I heard I heard really amazing man, things about that man. Look, hey, they could they could wrestle, they could wrestle every night, and I watch it. I mean, man, Alistair Black. Hey, you know, I I follow Alistair Black since NXT. Um, I've seen I've seen Alistair Black live. I've seen Alistair Black live several times, actually. Um, you know, I I love his presentation. I love everything he does. He's fantastic on the microphone. Um, I don't necessarily like how you brought him up with Ricochet and then you split him and then you, now you're reintroducing him. that 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 didn't make much sense to me. But when you get him in the ring. 
he's he is I mean he's man and I mean listen Cesaro that match was so was so graceful you could have put them they could have did that match on Dancing with the Stars and they would have won Dancing with the Stars I mean Cesaro is a freak athlete he is I mean he is so sound. You know, I, I mean, I, I think I, I think as a singles guy, Cesaro is where he is. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's like, oh, my God, the match is great. Put put the world championship on Cesaro. No, he's not a world champion. No, I agree. Uh, but he, he's a guy. He He's a – he is – he's a workhorse. I think you can put him – Cesaro's a guy you need in your territory because you can put him in a tag if you give him a heater. You can put him against your top baby face. Um, he's not great as a baby face. He's okay. Um, he's got some personality. You can, I mean, he can. You can put him in ICUS anywhere you want on the card. Um, but he, man, he's so good. Uh, that match, that match was fantastic. Um, the uh, the Usos revival match was really good. Um, actually, <coughs> both tag matches were really good. So, I don't know what the revival are missing. Actually, I do know what they're missing. They they have the same issue Drew McIntyre has. They don't they don't have the ability to keep their own heat. They need a manager. But they don't need a manager. Both of them can talk. They're great talkers. The revival have two issues. The num- num- the number one issue was um, when they came up. Well, actually, three issues. So I'll go three, two, one. So number three, when they came up. They both got hurt. I think Scott Dawson got – no, Dash Wilder got hurt first because he broke his jaw. And then um, Scott Dawson tore up his knee. So that there's that. Number two, the NXT microcosm doesn't require you to be like 6'5 and, and 280 pounds. So you go back and you look at like the revival's work against – Gargano and Ciampa, it's fine because they're all about the same size, but you don't really care. But then you come up to Raw and, you know, they're like face-to-face with the Usos and the Usos aren't, you know, Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre large, but you're like, man, these these guys are supposed to be, you know, beating people up, but they're like 5'11". So, well, I think, I think there's that. But then, number one, because they're in this association with Shane, when they do dastardly things, they can't keep their heat. Their heat instantly goes back to shame. Because if you notice, if you notice, every time the revival comes out, they get no pop. They definitely don't get cheered, and they don't get booed. It's just like nothing. It, it, it reminds me. Of, it reminds me of John Morrison when. Uh, when he was in WWE, mm-hmm. I used to the no pop. I I watched him a couple times live, like at, at a venue, and his music hit, and like nobody did anything. Uh, but so they they have to figure that out because the match was incredible. Their match with the Usos was incredible, and they they are great in the ring. They they understand like heel tag team wrestling one on one, i.e get the referee out of position so we can do bad things to the good guys. They get that. But some there's something that isn't quite clicking that's getting them booed. And I'm sorry, I know it's 2019, but I've been watching wrestling since 1985, and bad guys should get booed. That that triple threat match, so so do you, you do know that, like, they went full, full in on the New Day, and, like, now all the New Day have titles? Well, I think you predicted that. Well, you definitely yeah. said you wanted it, and it makes sense. Um, but the, their their match was was really good. Um, I actually kind of thought because I look, I'm here for heavy machinery. I listen, man. If Otis reminds me of like every gimmicky, like short, I can like move cars with my teeth, baby face guy from territories from when I was a little kid. Um. But they're really good. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, so they're gonna have to put heavy machine. But the new day, they're they're so good 
Like, I don't know if people appreciate. Like, I think any combination of the New Day as a tag is really good. I agree. And that's because that's because Kofi's fan. All three of the guys are fantastic. And and I know probably uh, once again for the sake of having meta conversation about pro wrestling, uh, I think that there was probably a plan somewhere where every member of the Shield kind of got, and it, it happened. Like every member of the Shield got a run as world champion. I think every member of the New Day needs to run as a world champion. Those guys would be out of this world great as singles guys. But all of them. But they're so good together. Like Big E and Xavier Woods are so great as a tag team. They were great at when that match was over, the New Day won. And once again, nobody was mad that the New Day are tag champs again. Well, they have, you know, think about the amount of time they spend together. They have good chemistry, you know, so when you spend that, how long have they been together? Six years now? Yeah. Traveling the road together, staying together, fellowshipping together, like you develop such great bond and chemistry that it shows up in the ring. I wouldn't be mad if the New Day were the tag team champs off and on for the next nine years. I, I honestly wouldn't because they're, just, <laughs> they're that good and I enjoy them together. And, and I'll tell, I tell you this, they they have this way any 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 tag team they wrestle, even when they win, even when they go over, and the new day kind, of, I'm like, hmm, they kind of go over a lot. They do it in such a way where no one, no one, no one feel like I've never heard anyone say, "Oh my God, the new day getting shoved down my throat." Yeah. So so they do they do that extremely well. Um, but overall, so so far. Um, what I watched, um, you know, AJ and Ricochet was out of this world great. Um, I I love heel AJ. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> um, he's great. Um, listen, Gallows and Anderson, they're too good not to be doing something. Gallows and Anderson are my favorite tag team in WWE right now. Man, they're 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 fantastic. And listen, they can't they can't be they can't be what they were in Japan. Because every, every everything's different. So they had so so they have to figure themselves out in WWE. And this may be the best use of them. Mm-hmm. Um like I don't think they need to immediately have the, the, the tag team titles put on them. But this is this is especially you got a guy like Luke Gallows behind you that's hitting me in the mouth. I mean, it's it's perfect. So, but no, I listen, man. Extreme Rules was was great. Okay. I mean, I I I enjoyed, and I was surprised that I enjoyed it. Um. So, Brock Brock Lesnar did cash in. Yes. But I don't want to talk about it because I didn't watch the match. Okay. So I, I, I would be more interested in talking about. Well, I, I will say this, and you said it, right? And I agree. I think Seth is better. I enjoy Seth more when he's chasing, right? Um, uh-huh. So to see him chasing the title is good. My question is, what happens after this? So what I, I almost feel, have, have you seen the new Spider-Man yet? I have not. Okay, so there's this big reveal at the end of it. And, and people have asked, okay, so what's going to happen with the rest of the universe now? This big reveal. And so now I kind of want to know what's going to happen with the rest of the landscape in WWE as it relates to that title. Because I enjoy, I think Seth is just better chasing the title. When he's, when he's on top, it's just like, mm, I want him to chase it, you know? And then ultimately, I want him to get out of the picture as it relates to the universal title. He's had it. He's held it. I, I, I really like Seth in the IC position. So I'm, I just, if you're going to keep it on Brock, then what, what does that do for the rest of the landscape? I just, I want to know what's going to happen next. That's, that's all I want to know. That's all I, I know. Want. I agree. I agree. I, I don't know. And, and we, we, I think, I think we talked about this either on the phone or via text. I don't know what it is that Seth is missing. Because you, so you have, you have like two, kind of groups of workhorses when you look at wrestling history like you've got like Rick and you've got Brett and you've got Sean um, who were great 
workers, but also great world champions. And then you kind of got that group of workhorses who, in WWE at least, were never champions. Yeah. Like you've got you got Kurt Hennig and you got Ricky Steamboat and you've got Tito Santana. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me go back to my first group. I can't believe I left them out. Tossing Randy Savage in that group as well, who's probably the best of that group. Uh, you can make an argument. But you also have a lot of great workers um, who, who were intercontinental champions. Like, I mean, not many people want to put the Mountie in that group, but the Mountie was, he was great in range. Rick Rude, that kind of kept that, those guys. Ricky Steamboat, right? To me, I think Seth Rollins is in that Kurt Hennig, Ricky Steamboat, Tito Santana group. I agree. He, he's a whole, man, he is a dog in the ring. But he just doesn't have that one, like, you know, when you cook something and you taste it and it's great, but it's missing something and you don't know what it is. That's Seth Rollins to me. Like, he's fantastic. I don't think until I don't think you have to be great on the mic. He's really good. I I think he's better as a heel. Like to me, his persona, even his style in the ring, to me is is more heelish than babyface. Um, he he's a little too plucky when he cuts promos as a babyface. Maybe that's he's what it is. Maybe he's better yeah. suited as a heel. And you know, I, I as I know, I told you this. I don't like his ring gear. Like, Seth, I know you like Game of Thrones, and I know you like, you know, the Marvel multiverse, but let's not cosplay when you come to the ring. I'm cool with that. That's his, um, that's, that's his, yeah, it gets on my nerves. It's just, it's just, you know, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm not a huge fan of his ring here. Um, but I don't know. It's just something in his game that's missing. And my thing is, okay, fine, so they're going to rehash Brock and Seth. Um, I'm not really here for that. At the same time, you know, like, who do you go to if not Seth? Like, like on, I, I don't, I don't know where where they're. This is this is so. This is where WWE confuses me. Yeah, because like, I'm so I don't know what's going on with with this move to Fox. Are we still doing this crazy retarded wild card thing? Can we just do it away? Uh, do it away with it and just come to this one long continuum? Um, like if you're gonna do away with the brand split, then do away with the brand split. You know, um, if you're gonna do the brand split, then do the brand split, and just kind of sit down with, um, with Fox and, and with with NBC Universal executives and say this is this is the plan. So Fox, you you know. Uh, well, USA, you, you're not going to have Roman Reigns for a year because he's on SmackDown. But we do this thing called the draft every year, and you'll get them. But when you get them, and, and I'll have them think, look, I know people are going to watch both shows, and we're not going to insult people's intelligences, but we're going to make it feel huge if Roman Reigns gets gets drafted to Raw. And we're gonna, it's gonna be territory-ish. So we're, we want to keep him off of USA Television because when you get him, it's gonna be ten times larger. So I don't know what's gonna happen. So I don't know, like, so I said all that to say I don't really know, like, with Brock as champion, I'm with you. What's next? I, Seth is gonna get his rematch at SummerSlam. Um, so if Seth loses, what do you do? Who's gonna be the next contender? Um, Hope they don't do the Universal Championship Roy Rumble winner again because they did that last year. So I don't know. Um, listen, Brock doesn't work without without something. He doesn't. He doesn't. It, yeah, he can't. He he's not. He's not a guy that can't be champion. Uh, see, here, here's the thing. Here's why I I will push back against that. I think it could work. I think that the mystique of Brock Lesnar, uh, he doesn't need to be on TV every week. But I think that if you put him in, and I'm going to put this name out there, not because I'm a fanboy, but let's do properly. Here's the thing. Brock has been in the company long enough now in this new run where you don't have to make him the guy that beats up people anymore. I think you give him proper matches. Not in the sense that he doesn't have to be technical. Brock was never a technical wrestler, even with Kurt Angle, you know, back in 2004 or five. I think you give him proper matches. The match he had with Finn Balor, 
a few months ago, a few pay-per-views back, was a proper match. Um, Finn got his licks in. And you thought that Finn was going to win. Then Brock came and did his thing. You put Brock in the ring with a Randy Orton, with a Finn Balor, right? With with an AJ Styles. Like, that, you, you can have proper matches. I would enjoy that. I would. I think people would pay a ticket to see those matches. I don't think that Brock always needs to have. Where, where other people can be the champion. But you, you have Brock be the draw. And I think you put him in the right matches with the right people, people will pay to see that. I would definitely look. look I, when Brock wasn't a, a champion, and he was going against Triple H. Like, that was money. And Brock beat up Shawn Michaels, and it was Triple H against Brock. Like, that was a monumental match to me, right? That was almost like Triple H going against um, going against Taker. Like, it's the draw was there. I agree. I agree. I agree. Oh, my God. I won't fight. I won't fight. I won't fight you too much. Uh, so let's. Um, Are you not fighting because you want to end the podcast, or because you really agree with me? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, I do. I do agree. I thought. I thought this stuff with Triple H was really good. Um, apparently, Brock likes working with little guys because they just fly around for him and, and make his moves look like a million bucks. Um. So I, you know, I guess I guess one one thing is if since Brock isn't gonna be there. Every week, which you don't need him, right? Right. Uh, I, you know, I, I think that Brock is Vince's Andre the Giant, mm-hmm. like he is Vince's attraction. Um, but Brock just works better when he has something. Like, I did not like the whole Brock Rock party. That was kind of little. I'm not a huge fan of of too much Gaga, and Brock's an ass kicker, so he doesn't need to be Gaga. But he needed. But I thought he worked with the money in the bank briefcase, like he works with the Universal Championship. Um, look, you could have took him to Saudi, and he could have won the Best in the World Trophy. He had to work with the Best in the World Trophy. I think he works better with something that proves that he is what he says he is. Just FYI, that's why Samoa Joe isn't working as well as he could in the WWE. He needs something. He needs something. I, I agree. I, for, for him, you I, can't, for him, for him, I agree. But but he's so he's so good that doesn't really bother anyone. So let's uh let's get to AEW. Um. So because we got we got about about ten minutes left. So let's get to AEW. Um, I want to start with so first of all, um, I don't know if you knew, but if you didn't know, Fighter Fest and Fight for the Fallen were not big shows. They were just kind of. Um, the bookends between All In and All Out kind of leading to the October. So I have the I have the Fighter Fest results and, and because it, it Fighter Fighter Fest isn't as fresh in my mind as Fight for the Fallen. Um, and I'm and I'm looking and I'm gonna start with the top. I I so I'm not a huge fan. I'm not a huge fan of prop matches, so I guess that's why I, I wasn't I wasn't hugely into the uh, John Moxley Joey Janela match. It was okay. Um, listen, but I'm gonna tell you, Kenny and the Bucks, the Lucha Brothers and Laredo Kid, that match was fantastic. Um, it was it was a lot it was a lot of flippy flippy kicking, but. Uh, man, Pentagon Jr. is just such a black hole. Like, you can't help but to be drawn into, like, his whole, his entire presentation and then the fact that, man, I, when I saw him on Lucha Underground, I'm like, man, someone needs to, like, write Vince a post-it every day and stick it somewhere where he can see it. Vince, you need to sign Pentagon. Vince, you need to sign Pentagon. Like, his character, like, there's still a place for gimmick character wrestling. And I know that for one simple reason, and I said it earlier, because people still want to see The Undertaker. Man, Pentagon and his his brother, you know, not to take anything from Ray Phoenix, um, but that that match was great. Um, Cody Rhodes wrestled Darby Allen. It was a 20-minute time limit draw. 
Um, so, like, I heard all this stuff about Darby Allen, like, he's young and he's this. And listen, he's like 120 pounds. And that's not, that's not to say that guys that are 120 pounds shouldn't be in the ring. But it's hard for me to suspend my disbelief when the match isn't about his comeback. Like, okay, he's... Oh, wait, wait. Because I don't know if you saw the match. He took a bump that was so ridiculously stupid. So, he has Cody, like, prone on the apron. Like, half of Cody's inside the ring and half of them's hanging out on the apron, right? Mm-hmm. Darby goes to the top rope and it looks like he's gonna he flies off backwards to like do a back elbow drop and of course Cody moves and you just kind of see like if you've ever dropped a book and you see like the, the outside of the book clasped together like his spine hit the corner of that ring apron perfectly and I was just like dude you don't have to do that um so but you know it was some some stuff I liked some stuff I didn't you know I'm like I said I'm not a, so so like I'm not a huge fan of <coughs> I'm not a huge hardcore match fan unsanctioned match um you know I'm still trying to figure out and I don't know if you've heard anything about it. I don't. I'm still trying to figure out why everyone's so into Joey Janela. Um, I'll say this, and I think David Shoemaker had it best. I've seen some of his stuff on social media. So he's supposed to be like this bad boy, this tough guy. No, he's a troll. Like Joey Janela's an internet troll, but that would be a great character because no one's no one's like the internet troll guy. Like it, like like if if he like just trolls people on Twitter. Like that's how he gets his matches. Like you know, Adam Page says, "I can't believe you put this like Photoshop picture of my mom on the internet, Joey Janela, you troll." Sure, I'll fight you. Like that should be his thing, and I think that will work. Um, so that's pretty much all. I don't know if you watch Fighter Fest. So that's pretty much all I have to say about Fighter Fest. It was it was a good show. It was. It was more than anything refreshing to see another big time product because I watch Ring of Honor, and Ring of Honor is not big time. Ring of Honor is good. Ring of Honor has been pillaged the last five years. Like half of Ring of Honor's roster is working in WWE now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, so they need to actually kind of they need to refresh talent. Um, it's yeah. not that New Japan yeah. is big time. But New Japan space is unique. You know what I think Ring of Honor should do? What? I think, and this might be in the works. I've heard something like this. Um, but I think Ring of Honor should make a deal with WWE. And I think they need to merge. You keep Ring of Honor its own separate entity. You almost follow what they tried to do with ECW when WWE had ECW. Almost. You kind of make it like an antagonist you know you know you kind of know what, what i mean yeah like yeah I, I think that if you do that right that will definitely benefit ring of honor financially but for a lot of those guys because half of the roster is in wwe it just kind of makes sense I, I don't know if you make ring of honor like the new version of nxt i don't know how you would do it but i think that there's some kind of merger that the potential so, will, it will be great tv so they, they they do have a financial agreement and I, and I hope I'm not speaking out of school too much, but no, one, no one's going to no. Uh, but if I'm not mistaken, they have a deal where Ring of Honor is compensated for use of their tape library, because I don't know if you've seen, but a few like I know when AJ came, some stuff with Daniel Bryan, they've used some of their Ring of Honor footage. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I, I was I don't think they'll do that with WWE because they have a really financially good deal with um, CMLL, New Japan, 
and uh, I think one culture pro wrestler, I think it's now Rev Pro Wrestling in Britain, where they kind of exchange talent. Like uh, Ring of Honor co-brands a lot of shows in America with New Japan. Okay. I think the issue is, I mean, New Japan, I think Ring of Honor owns such a good space because although they're not like the official sort of feeder to WWE, I mean, you turn on television, and if you know you're wrestling, like the guy who just lost the Universal title, he wrestled in Ring of Honor. Uh, the guy who just lost the tag title with his tag team partner, Rowan, wrestled in Ring of Honor. The guy who had a classic match against Aleister Black worked in Ring of Honor. So there are a lot of Ring of Honor guys in WWE. So you know WWE definitely always has their own Ring of Honor. So it's kind of like if I'm if I'm young and I'm trying to get booked, my first goal, if my if my goal is to main event WrestleMania, like my step one should be trying to work in ROH. Because mm. if I work in ROH, I know WWE people are seen. Right. Um, so, so now they do, and I did not watch it, but they do have that sort of agreement with uh, Evolve. Because Tazawa, Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole, um, Matt Riddle, a lot of other guys work for Evolve. And in fact, before the Street Profits won the NXT Tag Team Championships, they were the Evolve Tag Team Champions. So they, they, got, they have that going with Evolve. Uh, they don't need to spread themselves too, too thin. But back to my original point, so it, it was, now I, I mentioned this to you earlier, where um, where AEW shot Fight for the Fallen, that venue, I think, it's so uniquely constructed, yeah. mm-hmm. it would be great to shoot television from there every week. Like I said, and I don't know if they're going to be traveling like, like Raw does, or if they're going to be in one place and do shows every week from one place. If they do the one place every week, I'm telling you, Daily, I think Daily's place will be great. So um, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap. Let's wrap it up. I want. I want to make. I want to make two mentions about Fight for the Fall. Um, and then, and then uh, these will be my final comments. Um, I'm excited about AEW coming in October. Um, listen, more wrestling is not a bad thing. There's some things that. Um, they have to clean up. Like they had a time issue at the end of Fight for the Fallen, uh, where they were supposed to like have this great sportsmanship moment between uh, the Rose Brothers and the Jackson Brothers, aka the Young Bucks. They ran short of time, but then you hear this music like the Academy Awards, like wrap it up, um, and they were coming out with a check to talk about what they had donated to uh, the victims of the Parkland shooting. So that was that was kind of an issue. They need to they need to clean up some of the indie stuff, like like that the the the, the six man tag was really good at Fighter Fest, but that whole Street Fighter Hadouken thing that they did with you know with the bus, yeah, that's not you can't you can't do that every week on television. Um, guys also need to learn how to wrestle for the camera. You can tell these guys have not some of these guys haven't wrestled. Uh, for cameras, very good. Um, I like the fact that it seems that AEW is going to have variety, and I'm interested to see what their pay-per-views and their weekly show looks like um, outside of the sphere of these pay-per-views, just because I want to see what it looks like with fewer multi-person matches, because they have a lot of multi-person matches to mm-hmm. get to, so to expose the crowd to their talent. So I'm very curious, and I'm very excited to see what that's going to look like, but. Um, overall, you know, they weren't their big shows. I enjoyed most of it. Um, I think they need to be careful with, with Adam Page and not shoot him too too far too fast. Personally, I'm you know, um, it may seem a little WWE-ish, but I think Cody Rhodes should be their first AEW champion, and they need to build a baby face to chase him for a year. But that's just me. So, um, other than that, everybody keep watching wrestling. Um yeah, I don't really have anything. I will just tag on to what you said. I think AEW is trending good. Uh, they, I think they've got a lot of things they got to polish and clean up first for TV, uh, kind of just readjusting the way. It's a lot of indie guys, right? And you can't have that indie mindset when you move over to weekly TV. Even with, the bro- with their announcers, I'm excited to see how they're going to change that up for weekly broadcasting as well. Uh, but listen, we want to respect time. Um, take us out of here, Dante. 
All right. Well, you can you can find me um, not only uh, here on Preachers and Pinfalls. You can also find me on the Triple Option Podcast for all you college football fans. Uh, and I also write for SaturdayBlitz.com. You can find me there. You can find us on Facebook at Preachers and Pinfalls. And if all minds are clear, all of you congregants of the camel clutch and lay people of leg lock, that is the benediction, and we will see you next time.